Hydriva mofos, you're probably aware that I've been working flat out on our social media presence to try to expand our community of Driva mofos globally. I've been posting tons of free content to keep you inspired, driven, and working towards your goals. So if you haven't already followed and subscribed to all my social media channels, please make sure you do so as I post different content on different platforms. The links are available in the description of this podcast down below. Self-sabotage is often the byproduct of success. And most people don't realize that when they're chasing this idea of success, it's actually creating a lot of self-sabotage patterns and destructive behaviors. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where we talk about how to get the best out of yourself and how to build a life that you can't wait to get out of bed and live each day. This podcast is my attempt at documenting my journey, sharing my insights and what I've learned from being the private mindset and mental performance coach to some of the country's top athletes, rich listers, entrepreneurs, and running events for tens of thousands of people on how to better themselves and those around them. This is for those driven to achieve more in life, but are often underestimated by those around them. This podcast is my attempt at helping you prove your doubters wrong. Please enjoy. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about why chasing the idea of success is probably the thing that's stopping you from being successful and how it creates a lot of self-sabotage patterns, destructive behaviors, stress, pressure, frustration, emotional meltdowns, and a lot more. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Well, let's talk about success. I was on a podcast the other day and I was being interviewed. And by the way, thank you for all of those who have podcasts who have reached out to me as well or from the community who have told their friends with podcasts to interview me. It's been great having more people interviewing me and sort of digging my brain into human behavior and business. It's been really, really cool. So thank you for all of those out there who have been telling all their friends and stuff to get me on their podcast. So thank you. But anyway, I was on this podcast and they asked me, you know, what is success? What does it mean? Tell us about, you know, how you became successful. And I had to reframe the whole situation. And I reframed the whole situation because I don't think about success. I used to. But what happened was the idea of success actually caused me to become self-destructive to self-depreciate, to burn out, to get more frustrated, to melt down. I kept having these emotional breakdowns and meltdowns and I wasn't fulfilled. And I kept waiting for one day, one day when I'd be more successful, one day when I'd feel more successful. And I just kept feeling like I was never really that successful. Now, by the time that I figured this out, I had two supercars. I had a nice house here in Adelaide on the lake. You know, I guess I'm able to travel to do some of the things that I enjoy doing. I built my life in the way that I enjoy living it. I've got a home gym. Now, I'm not telling you that to impress you because it doesn't fucking matter. That's the way that I built my life for some people. That's their idea of a nightmare. But for my life, that's my dream. So I had all this stuff, but I still felt like I was a failure and like I was not where I wanted to be and I wasn't successful. And I kept chasing this idea of success. And so there are a lot of people in our society who keep chasing success. They're driven mofos like I am where you're driven to want more, to achieve more, to do more, to be more. And this idea of wanting to be successful and do more and achieve more so that one day in the future, you can do something different or you can do something better or, you know, so that life is different. I just felt like it was never getting there. And other people would come up to me and talk to me about how successful I was. Yet I didn't feel it. People would tell me how great my life was. Yet I didn't feel it. And I know this is resonating with some of you out there who are listening to this, hence why I wanted to go through it. You've probably heard me talk about the idea of balance in the universe, the yin and yang principle, the idea that a positive attracts a negative charge in order to create stability, the idea that our mind or our brain is trying to create some form of stability within it. And the most stable people are normally the most successful. Whereas those who chase positives or positive thinking or being positive all the time normally end up with a lot of negative emotions and a lot of negative feelings because they feel like they can never achieve 
this idea or this idealism of trying to be happy all the time or trying to be positive all the time or try to get calm all the time or try to get peace all the time. And so a long, long time ago, it's been probably over 10, 12, 13 years ago, I realized that the yin-yang philosophy is probably one of the greatest philosophies I've ever come across after having read many great philosophies and studied a lot of great science. What I found was that the greatest thinkers and the greatest scientists throughout history have always been caught by this idea of things becoming balanced, that for every positive charge, there's a negative charge. For the body to maintain a healthy function, it needs to have homeostasis or a balance happening within it. This idea of lifestyle balance consumes most people's thoughts. They just don't know what lifestyle balance looks like for them. And it's not a preconceived idea of having the perfect balance of work and not work time because that's one person's idea of lifestyle balance, but to another person, that's not their idea of balance. To a professional athlete, balance might be training for 15 to 20 hours during a week. That's out of balance for a lot of people. So we have this own intrinsic need to want to understand balance within ourselves and also within the universe. But what I didn't realize was that this idea of success normally came with a lot of positive charges or benefits. And so I would see that, you know, if I had all this money one day, then life would be easier. That when I had this success and this attention and this fame, then I would be successful in business because then, you know, we've scaled to a global level. My health, when my body looked a certain way, then I would be successful in that. But the crazy thing was when I look back at my past, when I was in my early to mid 20s, I was ripped, I was lean. And even back then, I still didn't appreciate the body that I had. I still used to criticize myself and judge myself for having little bits of fat around my body and so on. When I was at my fittest, I still didn't feel like I was fit enough. And so I've never really felt this idea of success. And I think when most people reflect on what success looks like, most people realize that even at their best times, they've still never felt like they've had this idea of success. So I started questioning a lot of my life and my idea of success. And what I realized is that success is the byproduct of pride. When we're proud of certain things, we feel like we're successful. Yet when we're ashamed of certain things or when we feel like we're failing or when we're not good enough, then we feel like we don't have this idea of success. So failure is the byproduct of shame. So I'll say that again, success is the byproduct of pride and failure is the byproduct of shame. And so when we're ashamed, we feel like we're failing and when we're failing, we feel ashamed. Yet when we're successful, we feel proud. And when we're proud, we tend to extrovert. So when we extrovert, when someone's proud of themselves, they tend to show off that area of their life. So if someone's really lean and they've been going to the gym and they feel great about themselves, they'll show off their body. Yet when they eat shit food and they feel like they're putting on weight, they'll feel ashamed and they'll tend to hide their body a little bit. So this is where you'll see people with baggy shirts on or baggy clothes, even going to the gym. And they might be the best looking person at the gym as far as their body shape goes and their body image, yet they'll still wear a baggy shirt because it doesn't meet their expectation of success based on them feeling proud or having that pride. Now, when we tend to extrovert when we're proud, most people will then start living outside of their values. So years ago, when we were making really good money in the company, and we're at a point where we're almost, I won't say printing money, but we would spend very little ad spend and get huge returns on that ad spend through our events and so on. So I would start going out and I started buying all the Louis Vuitton shoes. So I've got probably, you know, $15,000, $20,000 worth of Louis Vuitton shoes. I bought you know, nice watches. I bought nice belts. I bought all this stuff because I kept thinking, you know, I'm proud of this stuff. I'd go out more. I'd hang out with friends more. I'm going out to dinners more. Now I would dress nicely and all that sort of stuff. But a lot of it was based around my pride because when money was coming in, I felt like I was successful financially. I was also spending money to show my pride through my extroversion. There were other things that I was doing as well. Like, you know, I'd just go out to expensive restaurants with friends and stuff. 
And that was part of me feeling proud as well for just the area of wealth creation. Now, the problem with that was that after a while, the money slowly started drying up. Facebook ads became more expensive. And then I'm going, oh shit. Then because of that, I flipped back into shame and feeling guilty that I'd spent this money on these nice clothes and nice watches. And, and I think maybe it wasn't a bad thing for me. Like I've been asked about this by a few different people. And I remember my accountant said one day, I was at the place we normally run events and we're doing yearly planning and my accountant was there and we're just going through the year in advance. And he said, do you have a pen? And I pulled out a little, I guess you could say a little pen wallet. And in there I had probably about four or $5,000 worth of Mont Blanc pens, these really nice pens. And he looked at him and he goes, nice, you spent a bit of money on those, didn't you? And I looked at him and I said, yeah, I know. And he goes, don't feel ashamed of it. He said, when I was younger and I was an accountant, now this is the head of a major accounting firm here in Adelaide. He said to me, don't feel ashamed of it. Because when I was younger, I didn't grow up with a lot of money either. And so when I started making a lot of money, then I started spending a lot of money because I was just trying to find where my balance was. And I was trying to figure out where my life was and where I fit into things. And so when I had no money, then now all of a sudden I've got a lot of money. I want to go out and I want to test where that boundary is. So he said, I spent a lot of money too. And then I realized that if you spend money all the time, then you end up in this place where you struggle for money and then that causes a bit of pain. And then you adjust a little bit more. And so after a while, you find a nice balance point where you spend, but you don't overspend. And you save, but you don't oversave and just tighten up your life where you can't enjoy it. So he said, you're just trying to find your place. And I thought that's a really, really, really valid point because I started feeling guilty and ashamed of the money that I'd previously spent because I'd walk into my walk-in robe and when I'm in there, I look at these shoes and when I don't have a lot of money, I'm looking at it resenting the shoes going, fucking things, I can't believe I spent this much money on this shit because I had to be a bit tighter with money. And so instead of spending it on things like my values and going to learn, I would then look at the shoes and then feel frustrated and would beat myself up a little bit because I thought I would rather have spent that money on study instead of on those shoes. But that's just a life lesson. It's a learning and it brought me back into balance. But what it clearly showed me was the pride that I had when I did have money and the shame that I had when I didn't have money. Now that's because financial independence is important to me. I like to be able to travel. I like to study. I like to learn. I like to be around intelligent people. I like to have cool experiences with good food and stuff like that. And so that's how I enjoy living life. I also love exercising and I love being able to have a personal trainer. I love being able to go to jujitsu and things like that and pay for things like those things that I can enjoy in life. And I would much prefer to spend money these days on those things than spend money on just a $1,500 pair of shoes for whatever reason. But I guess that was a compensation of me growing up as a kid where my parents couldn't afford those shoes or even just not those types of shoes, but even just nice shoes like a pair of Nike Jordans or a pair of Air Maxes or, you know, my parents couldn't afford Nikes. So maybe it was a compensation that I needed to go through in order to deal with the fact that I never had those things as a kid. And so now when I first started making money, maybe that was my just way of compensating going, you know what, now I can afford these things, I can get them. And then what I'll tell you is like, I still love shoes. I really enjoy wearing a nice pair of shoes, but they don't give me the fulfillment that I thought they would at the time that I bought them. When I bought them, I thought, you know, these are going to be wild. These are going to be cool, but now they're just a pair of shoes. I still like them and I still wear them. I do get enjoyment out of them and I'd prefer to wear a pair of Jordans or a pair of Reebok pumps or something like that, or even my Vuittons. I love wearing those shoes, but they don't give me the same fulfillment that I once thought they would when I was able to afford them. When I was driving and working really, really hard to be able to buy them, and then when I could buy them, it was really exciting for a while, but after a while, they just became, I guess, a nice pair of shoes. For me, what it really taught me was the importance of not trying to chase this idea of success all the time. Because when you're successful, 
you'll throw yourself outside of your values and it can become destructive to your values. Now, luckily enough, I was smart enough to sort of realize that this pattern was happening. I micro adjusted or adjusted and I pulled myself back into line. I didn't get too out of control. Whereas I see some of my friends, they will go, they'll make a lot of money. Then when they come back, they've got all this pride because they've got all this money. Then they go out and they buy a new boat, a jet ski, a motorbike, all of those types of things. And then they wonder why they struggle every week and they're ashamed of not having enough money. Then they've got to work really, really hard again. Then when they work really, really hard, they make all this money. Then they go out and they blow their money. Then they feel shamed, guilty. And then now all of a sudden they're back working again and they hate their job, but then they're stuck in the job because they need the money. And so they keep having this vicious cycle. Now it was when I checked in with myself that I realized that there was this pattern there. Then I started looking at other areas of my life when I would have a really good week training and exercising. I would then go and eat on a Friday night. So I would train really, really hard throughout the week. Then I would get the licensing effect happening. Now, if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. It's called the licensing effect, I believe. Go back and listen to that episode. The licensing effect is essentially where you create this pride and then you reward yourself, which then throws you back into shame. And so you end up with these vicious cycles. So anytime you work really, really hard in order to achieve something, there's normally the licensing effect there where you give yourself permission to do the thing that's destructive to your hard work. So for me, I was doing that with my body as well, training really, really hard throughout the week. Then Friday night, I would tell myself that I've trained really hard this week. You've done such a great job. Mose will get some shitty food. I would eat the shitty food on Friday night. Then Saturday, I'm still eating chocolate. Saturday night, I'm still eating chocolate and chips and getting takeaway. And then on Monday, I'm feeling like shit again. I'm training really, really hard at the gym again, trying to burn off all the extra calories at the gym that I'd consumed over the weekend in order to get my body back to where it was. Then Friday night would happen, the licensing effect would kick back in. But again, there was this cycle of, I felt like I was getting more and more successful throughout the week because training was good. And the weekend comes and I eat the shitty food. I start feeling guilty. I get some shame. And then now I feel like a failure again. And so it threw me back into this vicious cycle again. And it was all based on this idea of success or achievement. If you're a business owner and you're wanting to grow your business, please make sure you head to Facebook and search for my No BS Business Hacks Facebook group. It's totally free and I share tips, tools, templates, and live trainings on all things sales, marketing, leadership, management, systemization, and more, as well as how to help you to perform at your best by optimizing your mindset as the business owner. So if you're a business owner, head across to Facebook via the link in the description of this podcast and join my free No BS Business Hacks Facebook group. And so what I realized was that if I keep chasing this idea of being successful and I'm not purpose-driven and I'm not mission-driven, then I won't have consistency. I'll keep having these vicious cycles of success and failure or feeling successful and then feeling like a failure. And that would also create these same cycles of pride where I'm proud of my achievements and then shame where I feel disappointed within myself and beating myself up for feeling like I have let myself down or that I've become self-destructive in some way towards those goals. And then when I would have pride, I would extrovert. When I would extrovert, I would live more outside of my values. And then when I was ashamed, I would pull myself very heavily and hard back into my values, push people away and go back to doing what I really love, which is studying, teaching, learning, coaching, growing a business, connecting with high value people, the people that I call leaders. So people that want to lead themselves or lead others. And so for me, they were all the things that would help the business to grow. They were all the things that would push me to grow. And also where I'd feel most fulfilled and same with exercise and training. When I would have that pride, then I would step outside of that and start doing random shit or doing other stuff. Like I'd start going on holidays more. Now, not that I don't mind going on holidays, but when you go on holidays and you've got shit to do, you open up your laptop and you'll get to work. So you might wake up in the morning, you go to breakfast. I normally go on train and then I would work for a couple of hours and then I'd enjoy the rest of the day while I was on holidays. 
but what I noticed was that when I had exaggerated pride, I would go on holidays and I'd just put my feet up and I'd go, oh, the team will take care of that. And then I would come back and there was this fucking mess. There's chaos everywhere. We're torching through money. The team are ineffective. Management have gone mental. Customers are pissed off. And so then there's all this pain again. So I stopped enjoying the idea of going on holidays. I had to set my life up where I was a man on a mission, not somebody that was addicted to this idea of success and pride because it kept fucking up my results. Now, where does this come from? You've probably heard me talk about Sigmund Freud's work before where he talks about the ego, the id, and the superego. It's one of his, I think, most famous pieces and probably one of the best pieces of psychology that I've ever come across. And what it essentially says is that your ego is your true self. The real meaning of ego is the true self. So these days when you hear all these personal development gurus and shit that have never done their research and never really studied, they will use the term ego as meaning the over-exaggerated self. That's not the real terminology of the ego. Now you can use that terminology, but it will make it a lot harder to try to understand great pieces of work from other great thinkers because they still use the term ego as meaning the true self. Then what happens is you have implanted values from others and that creates something called the super ego, which again, this creates the over-exaggerated self. So when most people talk about the ego, they're talking about the over-exaggerated self or what Sigmund Freud called the super ego. And that comes from the implanted values and ideas of others. So when you've got this super ego, there's part of you that looks up to others. And so when you look up to others, it makes you feel ashamed because you put yourself down. Then it will also create the idea of looking down upon other people, which then gives you pride. So when you look down upon someone, you go, look how fucked up they are, or look how stupid they are, or haha, I'm beating them, or I'm winning, or I'm more successful, or they're gonna look up to me now. When you think that someone's gonna look up to you and appreciate you more, that's normally you putting them down and thinking that they're gonna look up to you instead of realizing that they're just a normal person living their values and you're a normal person living your values. So what starts to happen is this implanted values that normally come from our parents, our teachers, our siblings, people in society, really anyone we look up to. When we do that, we implant their values and then because of that, we start looking down upon others, but we also look up to others. And so it creates this exaggerated or this I guess you could say wavy mindset where there's these huge peaks and troughs in the way that you see other people. That part of the super ego is the thing there that creates your idea of success and failure. Because when you're successful or supposedly successful, you start to believe that other people are going to look up to you or that other people will appreciate you and respect you based on your achievements. Then on the other hand, there is another part of you that believes that when you fuck things up or when you make mistakes or when you get things wrong or when things aren't working well, you then start to feel ashamed of those things because you believe that other people judge you, criticize you, or look down upon you. It's those implanted values of others that create your idea of success and failure and the ideas of pride and shame. All of those things create vicious cycles. This is why I spend time going over this in my Thrive Time event. And also I go over this stuff and how to break all these patterns and I show you how to do them. I've created tools that are fairly well known now that are now wanting to start to be used in the military and wanting to start to be used in emergency services and stuff like that. Because these mental performance tools break a lot of these prides, these shames, these guilts, these resentments, these frustrations. That internal dialogue, that internal self-talk you get is a lot of the ideas of pride and shame of putting people up or putting people down or putting yourself up or putting yourself down. The same as judgments and criticisms. They come from the implanted values of others. If you just do you, you just wake up in the morning and just live your life. And you do what's important to you based on your values, your purpose, and your mission. But without understanding those things and having absolute clarity over them, and I normally call them my three pillars of success, if you don't understand those three pillars of success, and there are 11 steps to getting them right, 
If you don't get those 11 steps right and those three pillars, then your mind will normally be volatile and you'll over-exaggerate yourself sometimes and then you'll depreciate yourself sometimes. And anytime there is an over-exaggeration, there'll be a depreciation. So people who beat themselves up and depreciate also have an over-exaggeration as well in certain parts of themselves. And so again, it creates these huge peaks and troughs, this wavy mindset and this brain noise. That brain noise can be easily reduced when you get rid of the idea of success and failure, of pride and shame, and you deal with the implanted values of others, and you stop looking up to people and stop putting people down. You know, people who come up to me at speaking engagements, or, you know, I just meet some people every now and again, or I get, you know, some of you will message me on social media and you'll say things like, you know, I really look up to you. And I tell them, don't look up to me, never look up to me, because I'm just a normal person doing my thing. That's it. I'm just me doing me. I still do a lot of dumb shit. I still make a lot of mistakes. I still fuck things up. I'm a person. I'm a human. Anytime you believe that someone does good things without doing bad things, or they are successful without making mistakes along the way, then you over-exaggerate who they are and you'll put them on a pedestal. But when you do that, you'll compare yourself to them and you'll beat yourself up. And that's not fair. That's why we should never look up to celebrities or we should never look up to people that are achieving great things. Because if you do that, you start putting yourself down, you create a comparative between them and you. And that's not fair. It will actually hinder your success. Not a good idea. Those people that have achieved a lot have also made a lot of mistakes, a lot of stupid mistakes, and they'll still make a lot of stupid mistakes. And this is why when the media get hold of something and say, you know, this person did this and 20 years ago they did this and look at them, what a fucking idiot and blah, 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 and they try to pull this person down. They're only trying to pull that person down because they also over-exaggerate that person. Those journalists out there that try to pull people down are only doing that because they also over-exaggerate them. And that's why also the people that we criticize, we also over-exaggerate, we just don't want to admit it to ourselves. Like the lazy person, someone will sit there and go, that person's fucking lazy, they don't do anything, and so you're putting them down. But at the same time, there's part of you that wishes you could be more lazy because sometimes you're too driven. And when you're too driven, you over-exaggerate your drive, and that over-exaggeration creates pride in your drive and shame in your laziness. Yet you see the lazy person and you go, what a fucking lazy prick, they don't do anything. That's you putting them down, but there's part of you that wishes you were more lazy too, okay? That's creating all that brain noise and all that guilt and shame and resentment and frustration towards yourself and also towards others. That's why it's important to deal with these implanted values or the super ego and really get clear with your own three pillars because if you don't have those three pillars correct or those 11 steps to get to those three pillars, then it's really, really hard to build a success map for your own life. Now, I'm one of the only people on the planet that have put together a success formula like this which is why Thrive Time is so different and why I get a lot of people who have done lots of other personal development or personal growth or run businesses or want to achieve more coming to Thrive Time. But really, the goal of your life is to live your mission, not to be successful. That's it. If you just keep living your mission, you stay on your path, life's enjoyable. If you're living your values every day and you're driven by a greater long-term mission, you don't really feel successful, but you don't really feel unsuccessful. You don't really fear failure, but you don't really pride yourself on avoiding failure either. You just get shit done. And throughout the day, you'll make mistakes, but you also learn things along the way. You just keep going. And that's, I think, the key that most people get wrong. And maybe it's the school system that reinforces this. Maybe it's our parents. Like at school, I got told that there was right and wrong. But when you get an exam back and there's crosses on there and you go, oh, shit, I fucked up. And then you feel bad about it. That's not how life works. That's not how business works. Normally, you make a mistake and then you get to relearn from those mistakes. Because any lesson that we fail in life, we get to repeat. And so a lot of people live a lot of these patterns on repeat within their own lives. And then they go, shit, I'm just always stuck. I can never get out of it. But that's because they're not learning the lesson that they need to learn in order to move forward. I think school would be way better if you got a cross on your exam or you got something wrong and then you were able to go back and relearn it or you get taught a better way or you get a better mentor or you get a better teacher or something like that and then you learn it and then you get to move forward again. Life is exactly like that. I stuff up every day. Every day there's mistakes. Every week there's mistakes. 
But if I don't know something, I go and learn from somebody else. It's so simple, yet most people will just never figure this fucking shit out. You know, when I get those Facebook messages where someone's like, I can't believe you charge two and a half grand or $20,000 for an event. What a fucking ripoff. They're that same person who's stuck in the same pattern of life that they've been stuck in for the last fucking 20 years. They'll go and spend $30,000 on a car and the car makes them feel successful, yet they're broke, they've got no money, they can't go on the holidays they want, they're looking forward to retirement because they've either got to use their 401k or their superannuation because they have an inability to make money financially, they've got an inability to invest effectively, they're not financially savvy, they tend to hang around friends that are like them as well that are all stuck and broke and going around in circles who are all waiting for retirement, they're all super frustrated, most of them have a lot of self-sabotage patterns and a lot of self-destructive behaviors. And they're all stuck in this shitty loop of self-destruction because they don't know how to get out of the point that they're stuck at. Yet when they're given the opportunity to learn, to grow, to think differently, to maybe reassess their situation in life, they think that it's a scam, it's a ripoff, or that they're not lucky, or that they just need to win lotto, or there's some simple solution. And so they look for shortcuts. Those shortcuts then mean they fuck up more. The more they fuck up, the more pain they're in. The more pain they're in, the more they drink and gamble and do dumb shit. And it just keeps throwing them back into these vicious cycles that they don't really want to learn from. The beautiful thing is about life is that we get to learn from our mistakes. And the more self-aware you are, the more you have metacognition, which is like a self-awareness where you can think about the way you do things in life, think about why you do things. The more you develop that skill set, the more you realize that there is no pain to failure. If you fail, you just have another shot. That's it. And if you didn't learn from one person, learn from another person. That's why I've read like 50 different books on sales. Because one person didn't have all the answers. It's why some of you listen to multiple different podcasts. Because one person doesn't have all the answers. You will have to get it, reflect on those things, learn bits and pieces, and then piece that jigsaw puzzle together that fits into your own life. Now, some people are better at helping you to skip those processes. Like I know our Thrive Time event will help you skip a lot of those processes a lot faster because I'll put it together from working with tens of thousands of people and studying some of the greatest people on the planet to figure this stuff out. But that's not to say that if I went to somewhere else, like let's say I go overseas and I go to a third world country, maybe the tools that I teach at Thrive Time are not effective in that third world country. I don't know because I haven't had to use them in that environment. But I know that they work in most cases in Australia and America, throughout Europe and so on, because a lot of people have come from those environments to be able to use those tools. And so maybe it's just a different philosophy in the way we get brought up, or I don't know, maybe it's the westernized world has a philosophy on the way we live and it's very, very common. And so because of that, these tools work. But my point is that if you're consistently chasing success, you'll also have the pain of failure. If you don't learn from this idea of success and failure in these vicious loops, you'll stay stuck in them. One of the greatest things that you will ever do is become a person on a mission and live your values every day and prioritize your life based on your true unique values. I'm not talking shit like happiness and fucking joy and all that stuff because I hear that every Thrive Time event that I run or every corporate speaking engagement or every business consulting event where I go in and I look at their either company values or their individual values as leaders, as business owners and so on, probably 99.999% of people have their values wrong and they're incorrect because they've learned from someone who has taught it wrong. And so they'll use terms like joy, happiness, love, freedom. Those words are not values. Everyone values those things. Everyone on the fucking planet has the idea that freedom is a value. But what does that mean? Unless you can identify the actual true values, you won't understand what freedom is. So freedom for me is teaching, learning, studying. That's my idea of freedom. Freedom is being able to exercise when I want to. Freedom is being able to eat healthy food. So my real values drive the value of freedom. My real values drive my freedom of fulfillment. 
that's why your real values are super important, not superficial bullshit ones that most people live by. If you feel like a failure, you will have a value of success, but it's a false value. And that's how most people come up with these ideas of values. They have a pain point. That pain point then creates a pleasure point. That pleasure point, most people interpret as a value. That's why they say shit like joy. Joy, I have a high value on joy. What the fuck does that mean? What is that? And they're like, well, joy is like, you know, just you joyful all the time. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? How do you get joyful all the time? And they're like, well, you know, it's, it's, oh, and then they can't explain it because they don't really know what joy is. The idea of joy for most people, it actually doesn't come from their values because it's actually an imbalanced mental state. The idea of pleasure comes from running away from pain. And so when people are in pain, they want pleasure. And then when they get pleasure, it normally leads to pain because it creates self-sabotage patterns and it creates problems. It's just most people don't realize this because they're separate in space and time. So someone might have pleasure today. Like if I took drugs today, I'd feel pleasure. But tomorrow, I'm probably going to feel pain. Today, if I drink alcohol, I'm probably going to feel pleasure today, but tomorrow I'm going to feel pain. If I spend money today, I'm probably going to feel pleasure today, but I might feel pain next week when the bills come in. So these vicious cycles happen. A lot of people go to motivation events and they get all revved up and excited and that gives them great pleasure, but they don't realize that it leads to their rut or their emotional downfalls next week where they're feeling burnt out and tired and their brain doesn't work properly, but it's because they've been elated and excited. So the idea of pain drives their idea of pleasure. And so most people's values are based on the idea of pleasure or pleasure principles not the idea of real core values, which is a field of study called axiology. And it's the way that you live out every day, not through your emotional states, through your actions. So your actions are values, as in what are you really aiming for each and every day? And it shouldn't be an emotional state like joy or happiness or freedom. That's all incorrect. So how do we deal with this? The best way of dealing with this is anytime you feel successful, write down the disadvantages or what you had to go through in order to feel successful. And what it will do is it'll start to balance you out a little bit. So if I have a big influx of money and I start to feel successful and I go, oh, cool, I could go buy shit. I will then go and write down all the reasons why feeling that way is a disadvantage and what I had to go through in order to get that money. So it might be that I've worked for the last six months straight, no holidays, no long weekends, you know, just sleeping, waking up and working. That's why I've got the money now. Now, when that happens, your brain goes, actually, you had to work really, really hard for that. Don't go and blow it all because it may not come for a while again. Or you go, what's the disadvantage of having more money? Well, I got to control my impulses. I have to also make sure I put some into savings and some into investing. Now I've got to go and look at what to invest in. I also have to deliver the product and service for event attendees. So if someone pays me money to come to an event, I still have to deliver that product. There's an expectation that's been created from the customer that if I don't live up to, then it creates customer service problems and so on. I only recently had someone who actually asked me this. They saw me doing a heap of sales and they said, oh, you must feel pretty pumped after doing that many sales. I said, not really. And they said, why not? And I said, because I have to now go and deliver the product and the service. So if I sell 20 people into our business growth odyssey program, I now have them for the next 12 months where I have to make sure that I'm delivering way more than what they expect. I have to 10X, 15, 20X their business growth. Because if not, it doesn't make sense for a lot of people. So if I want to have them re-sign next year, I have to deliver at such a high level. I also want referrals from them so that the business can keep growing. I've now got to go pay staff. I have to now pay staff for the next six, 12 months in order to look after these customers or these people who are coming through the 12 month program. I've got to deliver new products. I've got to update the products. I have to get on stage and deliver at the events that we run with Business Growth Odyssey four times per year. That's a lot of energy output. There's a lot of things that I have to do in order to earn that money. When I get paid, when someone gives me the money, it doesn't just stop there. The responsibility is not over. The responsibility starts there. So what it normally does is it keeps me fairly balanced in the way that I see that money coming in. I don't sit there and go, wow, I've got all this money now. 
I sit there and I go, shit, I've got all these responsibilities that I now have to do. That's awesome because I've got people who want to grow with our company. But I also know that there are expectations that are created from those customers that I have to live up to as well. There is also responsibilities for staffing and all that sort of stuff. So it keeps me fairly neutral. I don't see it as being good or bad. It's just part of growing an international level company. That's all that it is. So I'm fairly balanced about it. It's just part of the mission. Anyway, Driven Mofos, I hope this helps. Please let me know if this episode helps you. Please, can you jump on any of my social media platforms, MichaelMojo00 on any of the social media platforms, and please just shoot me a message and let me know if you've enjoyed this episode. I know that there are a lot of you out there that are extremely driven, hence why you're part of the Driven Mofo community. I know that a lot of you are extremely driven, but if you're driven by the idea of success, I can guarantee you, you probably have a lot of times of feeling lost or self-defeated or beating yourself up or feeling like you're not good enough or feeling angry or frustrated that you're not getting the success that you want or you're not there yet. And you're probably very future driven, which means that it's hard to be present. It's hard to sit down with your family and to be present with them because you're thinking about this time in the future of success and all the work that you've got to do now in order to get there. And so your brain will become preoccupied with all this other crap while you're on the journey to success. So please let me know if this has helped you in any way, shape, or form. I would love to hear from you. Just hit me up, MichaelMojo00, on any of my social media platforms. Remember to like and follow on any of the platforms. Also, go and check out some of the stuff that I've been dropping on YouTube as well, if you haven't. We're doing a lot more live, full-length stuff or trainings on YouTube as well. So hop on YouTube, check out MichaelMojo00. Hit that subscribe button so you get the latest stuff. Keep kicking massive goals-driven mofos. Get out there, keep working hard, and keep driving on the mission. Mm-hmm.